Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Today in Titletown Packers podcast. My name is Griffin. I'm joined by my co-host, Braun, and we're here to talk about the Packers' uh, dominant win over the Chicago Bears on Sunday night. And we're going to look ahead to this ma- this week's matchup with the Philadelphia Eagles, who are struggling very much. But uh, just to start it off, Braun, how are you doing? How are you feeling about the win? Yeah, things are good. It was a good win, and we'll get into all the details of, of the big win. Um, but yeah, I'm doing good. That's good to hear. So uh, this Sunday night, Packers win 41-25, to their third game this season where they dropped 40-plus on a divisional opponent. They've officially dropped 40 on every single divisional opponent. Uh, Pretty good, pretty good win. Our defense played very well against a a very bad offense and a very bad quarterback, but they did play very well for most of the game, and our offense was absolutely on fire. Perfect game from them. Uh, What did did your main takeaway coming out of the game, Brown? My main takeaway has to be surrounding, like you said, how how well the offense played. I'm not sure if it was better than that week one performance in Minnesota, but to me, this definitely looked like a lot easier. Everything looked easy. I thought Matt LaFleur, his play calling made things look easy. Aaron Rodgers, all the throws he made looked super easy. Everything just came really simple to what we were doing on offense. I felt like Matt LaFleur was two steps ahead of, of Chuck Pagano on, on every play, um, and Aaron Rodgers as well. Just, you know, a lot of talented players on that Bears defense, and Aaron Rodgers kind of just took control all game, and it was never difficult for them. Yeah, I'm glad you brought up week one because I think that's the main uh, dichotomy between the Packers' offense. Week one, Aaron Rodgers has probably his best up there with the best games of his career. He was absolutely phenomenal. Didn't miss a throw. Pretty tight coverage everywhere, and he was just dropping dimes all over the field. Uh, great game from Rodgers. This game was a great game from Matt Lafleur. And coming into the game, I said it that in order to to for the Packers to beat a team or a defense as good as the Chicago Bears, when our you you could make the argument that our offense is less talented than our defense. We would need a big game from Matt LaFleur. We would need a Kyle Shanahan-esque game where he takes these pieces he has on offense and uh, just fits them into what he wants to do with the ball. And he did that beautifully. The red zone stuff was amazing. He was dialing up deep shots. The one to Tanyan was amazing. Uh, It's just a great game for Matt LaFleur schematically. And Aaron Rodgers is just the perfect game manager in this game. Yeah, he was because he was able to do everything that the the scheme asked of him, that the game plan asked of him, and that Matt LaFleur asked of him. It was just a really well-rounded performance by him uh, because you know, he has a, he plays a huge part in in what they do schematically as well because he's got, you know, the check with me's, he's got uh one two three options, you know, at the line of scrimmage that coach will give him uh, in a specific play play call uh, and and Rodgers will be able to choose which one he wants to go with. He kind of directs you know where the you know if it's a run play, which side he wants to run the ball. So he got he gets a lot of freedom like he did in the Mike McCarthy offense. Uh, but when you play that with what Matt Lafleur brings to the table, um, just with his overall scheme and his play calling abilities that maybe Matt, Mike McCarthy didn't have, uh, pairing Rogers' ability with Matt Lafleur's ability in designing the the game plan, uh, that set us up for huge success against a really good Bears defense. Yeah, and. To talk about the relationship between Rodgers and LaFleur, they talk about it all the time, about the amount of trust the two of them have in each other. And it's really coming to a head this season, especially at this point in the season, uh, coming off of that type of performance where you can just tell that this is this is a quarterback 
who has full trust in his coach and the coach who has full trust in the quarterback. It is the perfect marriage of a scheme and a player. Last year, it was more so of the Aaron Rodgers is so used to a Mike McCarthy style offense, right? Coming in, brand new head coach, totally different scheme. It was understandable that there was going to be some some type of a curve uh, before we reached this level of excellence. And uh, this year, it's just it feels like they got a full year and a full off season and half of a more than half of a, a second season in to really just work on what they want to do. Rodgers is getting better with the offense, and he's turning into just the perfect quarterback for this offense. He's got the brains to be able to do all the check with me's the making the reads doing the rpo stuff and he's got the obviously he's got the throwing ability he's one of the best quarterbacks of all time putting him in this type of offense letting him be a game manager and also superman when he has to be it's just beautiful yeah that was really well said i mean uh in that first year in this offense it was a lot of settling in and it took some time to buy in and you don't blame rogers for that and you don't blame matt lafleur for that because there was settling in, obviously, on both sides because Matt LaFleur has to kind of accommodate the fact that Aaron Rodgers is, like you said, superhuman uh, on the football field. And he, you know, he's been playing with guys like Marcus Mariota um, and Jared Goff, you know, in different times. And, you know, Matt, Matt Ryan is another one who's one of the better quarterbacks, but still not, a, not the kind of guy that wants to have a lot of freedom at the line like Aaron Rodgers does. So, to be able to finally find, like you said, that marriage between those two was really important. And so far, it looks like this is the peak of the relationship, and everything looks really good. Uh, there's there hasn't there wasn't a hiccup on on Sunday, and, and Aaron Rodgers talked about it after the game, and he he could not stop praising the coaching staff, the game plan, and the scheme uh, for 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 the results that came about, which was a W, um, and just pure offensive success. Uh, and I think that was great to see. Yeah, uh, I think you're right there. And this really felt like the type of game that Matt LaFleur wants to play every week with the rushing attack, which we both talked about last week, had room for improvement, definitely. Uh, And he increased the volume of it this week, and they really went out there and performed very well on the ground. Aaron Jones was very good, looked like 2019 Aaron Jones. We haven't seen a lot of flashes from Jones this season, uh, other than week two, of course, where he went off. But uh, he looked very dynamic on the ground this game. Looked very like he looked like such a good runner that we know he is. He looked like the guy who scored twenty two touchdowns last year, and being able to work play action off of that is just that's what Matt Lafleur wants to do every week. You're right, and obviously Jamal Williams as well. He he ran uh, quite a bit too, and and I thought he ran hard, and he obviously had a couple nice runs. Uh, one of them being for a touchdown, so he showed some explosion as well, and that was good. It's nice to have two guys, and, and when you've got these two guys, one of them's a bit of, bit of a more bruiser type type back, and then the other one is is that dynamic one-cut runner that we've got in Aaron Jones. Uh, it's important, and, and now we've got both these guys kind of coming into full form together on the field after you know Aaron Jones going out for a couple games. Jamal is still healthy, and Aaron Jones is back healthy, coming into a groove. So things are looking good on the running game as well, and, and the offensive line has a lot to do with that. Uh, Corey Lindsley went out with an injury. Elton Jenkins moves to center. John Runyon pops in at left guard, and things are moving smoothly. And we're going to see that lineup again this week. Probably, you know, this is a new lineup for the first time. Uh, we're going to be starting uh, John Runyon in there uh, against the Eagles. So, 
you know, it's another combination, but the way that this group is able to really just continue playing in the lead level, regardless of who's in there, it's pretty impressive. And, and obviously that helps the run game out uh, as well as protecting Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, the offensive line has just been outstanding this season. They've been the best group in the NFL in pass blocking and run blocking. And the Packers continue to be one of the best teams in the NFL at drafting offensive linemen. John Runyon Jr. comes in. He doesn't look like an all-pro, but he looks well, like... You know, he, he doesn't look like a sixth-round pick either, and that's yeah, the thing. No. He, he looks like a pure starter. Uh-huh, right. He looks like a above-average NFL starting caliber left guard which is more than you can ask for from a six-round pick. And knowing how we came into this season with offensive line being one of the biggest worries heading in, losing Brian Balaga, uh, having to kick out Billy Turner, and not knowing what's going on at right tackle really whatsoever, um, the, the fact that they're just playing so well as a whole group is just, it's, it's really impressive so far through the 2020 season. And now with Patrick being out possibly and Lindsley, we're not, you know, we're not sure if these guys are going to be able to go. Lindsley, we know uh, he's going to be out probably around three, four, five, six weeks. Um, Patrick looks like he might not be able to go either. So it's going to get tricky here. The depth is going to be shortened. Uh, we're going to, we're going to, at this point, we're not going to have as many guys as we'd like. Um, Rick Wagner's still there. Um, obviously, Bill Turner is, is going to be starting at right tackle. Uh, but you know we're running out of guys in the back, and we're gonna we're gonna need to stay healthy. But as long as we've got the guys we've got, uh, I'm not worried about a drop off in play as much. I'm I'm more concerned about a potential second injury that could put this line in more trouble if if we've got guys that have to come in like Yash Neiman, uh, that really could disrupt what we are doing as a group. Uh, just because he's just not there, at, he's not at the level of even John Runyon, who is a sixth rounder, and, and Neiman's been in the system for a little bit. So I, I, I'm a little concerned about that, but otherwise I'm comfortable with how we'll play. I assume against the Eagles with this new group. Yeah, certainly. And you got to hope that uh, we're, we're able to avoid any injuries along the offensive line this week, uh, knowing we don't have much depth, but I think it'd be much more worrisome under a different coaching regime. Maybe Mike McCarthy, it would be very, very worrisome, known to not help out his offensive linemen very much. But the way Aaron Rodgers has been getting the ball out this season, I trust enough that if if it hits the fan, Matt LaFleur, Rodgers, they're going to they're gonna be okay. Yeah, that's a good point you made about uh, Matt LaFleur's willingness to help guys out on the O-line. I think you saw that with what Bill Turner was doing uh, against Khalil Mack for a large majority of the game. There was two plays that were really exciting to me. Uh, one of them was Lucas Patrick chipping Khalil Mack off off Bill Turner a little. He had a, it's a tough assignment, Bill Turner against Khalil Mack, but Mack didn't get a sack. Lucas Patrick comes in and chips Mack, so it was almost like a double team, and it was a really nice play that allowed Rodgers to get the ball out. And then another one, you've got Jamal Williams making a nice block on Khalil Mack after Bill Turner, uh, you know, holds him for a little bit. So that that kind of tag team work on a good pass rusher is key to. Uh, a good passing game and keeping Aaron Rodgers clean. And that's why he's only been sacked 12 times. Uh, so I just think the willingness to recognize when guys are really good and when you might need to give some help to those guys, they're good players. Bill Turner has been really good this year. Uh, and then when Bakhtiari is up against Mac, it's a little bit of a different story. You go and let him take care of him, which he did when he was on him. But I, I was pretty pleased with what we saw from the running backs other linemen even, tight ends as well, uh, helping in, in trying to stop some of these guys like Khalil Mack. 
Yeah, that's been a big story of 2020 where teams were playing. The pass rush just isn't a factor at all. We're going into these games talking about the opposing team's pass rush, and it just coming out of it didn't even matter. Rodgers, he was hit once, I think, on Sunday night facing Khalil Mack. Obviously, no, Akeem Hicks uh, hurts the Bears, but Khalil Mack, one of the best edge rushers in the NFL, one of the best edge rushers, edge rushers of this generation, uh, couldn't do anything, and I think that is really a product of the way Rodgers is Three-step drop, hits the back foot, gets rid of the ball, which is completely different from what we've been seeing from him the the past two years. Yeah, he looks great. Obviously, he talked about uh, in his, his in his media availability how he's been doing more squats, lifting weights more in the gym, uh, and that's kind of helped him keep his legs underneath him and stay in rhythm, not maybe worry about taking as many uh, low hits, um, especially with the way that they're protecting quarterbacks these days by – roughing the passer calls on just about everything uh he feels like he can stand in there more than ever even uh get the ball out of his hands quickly and and if, and if necessary take hits but he hasn't even had to do that at this point so you know we have to be pleased with what's going on uh inside that pocket i mean it's just it's clean it really is and and there's nothing to worry about at this point we've seen just excellent play uh ability from rogers to escape anything if there is you know pressure and then the O-line to really hold it down and lock up whoever's in front of them. And it's it's been really excellent. I think it was Peter Bukowski who tweeted this the other day, but the Bucks game where the Packers got annihilated by the Bucks defense, uh, only put up 10 points, zero after the first quarter. Uh, that's kind of in the back of your head as the season goes on, knowing that, okay, the Packers offense can be completely shut down just like they were last year at times. But it it's appearing that that's more and more of an anomaly of a game because – it's not easy to pressure Rodgers. It's not easy to get pressure on him the way he's getting rid of the ball. He's get, he's averaging two and a half seconds uh, snap to pass, which is way lower than what we're used to seeing from a guy like him. So it's not as easy to get him off his off off of rhythm. It's not easy to pressure him, especially with the way the offensive line is playing. So, and other than that Bucks game, we haven't seen the Packers struggle against any other defense. They've been uh, maybe not as good as their peak, but they've been a a good offense in every other game. So uh, the hope is that that was just a pure outlier of a game. I think it was. And, and another reason I think that is, is because Rogers, you know, he all year he's been uh, playing in rhythm, getting rid of the ball quickly. And when this pass rush is neutralizing that, it's a bit of a shock because like I said, all year he's been able to get the ball out of his hands quickly and have a lot of success as opposed to years past where if there's pressure, he's going to escape. And maybe he knows that and recognizes that early and maybe and that and at times was seeking to do that. At this point now in this offense, he's looking to get rid of the ball. Um, and when the pass rush comes in and doesn't allow him to do that, he doesn't have the mindset of being ready to escape anymore. Um, so I think that might have been a little bit of a shock to him. And, and maybe that's why he didn't have as much much success facing that pressure. Um so that that I think attributed to the to the reasons that we lost that game. Yeah, and the Bucks they blitzed him like no other team blitzes him, and no other team has blitzed him like that since then. But I think I think there's a chance he learned a lot from that game, and he he now knows where if he's under pressure, he's best off just getting rid of the ball rather than dropping further back or trying to make a play with his legs. 
because he's he turns 37 today by the way happy birthday aaron uh come on the pod just send us email. <laughs> we'll, we'll fit you in, Aaron. Yeah, he'll. Yeah, he he has to message us. Otherwise, it's not gonna happen. <laughs> yeah, uh, he he's thirty seven now, so he can't make the plays on his legs that he used to. And so now, when he's facing a good pass rush, he's staying in the pocket. And lo- we've seen it so many times this season where the pocket is collapsing. He's not able to even step up, and it's just a pure arm throw. Uh, the one to MVS against the Colts come to mind where he just launches it. The one to Devontae in San Francisco, the first touchdown, the 40-yard or whatever, that one comes to mind where he's he's not trying to roll out and get more time. He's just trusting his abilities and just throwing it. And so I think versus good pass rushes, uh, it's less of a factor for the Packers offense than it once was. You're right. I, I think he's just, you know, to kind of close the door on this on this conversation about how Aaron played, I thought, you know, this game was a pretty telling um, story of how the scheme has really opened everything up for him uh, and the idea of playing in rhythm. I think he realizes how, how easy he made it look. It almost was – when when you make a great play, a, a really difficult play. Rogers seems to, you know, get more excited about that. And the team seems to get more excited about that. But this Sunday against the bears, it almost looked like business as usual because it just looked so easy. It was, and I, I really can't stress enough how, how simple it looked. And, and Rogers just looked like it was business as usual. And at this point it has to be like that. And it really was uh, just, everything was so, so simple. And when it, when it got difficult, in other games, you know, then you start to celebrate those big scores and things like that. But the, the stuff that we were doing were long, methodical drives, just very easy plays to to get yardage. And then we'd go down and score with a, a, a nice read from Rodgers on, on four different occasions. He obviously ended up with four touchdowns. And uh, I was just really pleased with how this offense looked. It was a different, like you said, it was different from the flashiness that we've seen in week one or in other games that we've had a lot of success. Uh, so I was pleased that we were able to do this as well, where we take a lot of that time of possession, uh, slow things down, go through the motions on offense and, and just get the job done. Yeah, absolutely. And just one more thing on Rogers before we shut the door, like you were trying to Bron. I just want to talk about his play action game this season. Cause it has been phenomenal, especially coming off of 2019 where he really struggled to play action. Obviously before the season last year, there was a lot of talk about Aaron, uh, coming into the LaFleur offense, coming into this type of, you know, Shanahan McVay offense where maybe he's not going to like some things. He's going to be uncomfortable, which he was in hindsight. He was uncomfortable a lot of times last season with a lot of the different things that LaFleur likes to do. Uh, one of them being play action, where last year he was in the bottom bottom third, bottom quarter of the league in uh, passer rating on play action with a 91.3. That has increased this year to 135.9, which leads the NFL by a pretty good margin. Uh, he's That's he, a ridiculous number. Yeah, that That's is a insane, ridiculous right? number. He's got 15 touchdowns off of play action this year. Last year he had three all season, three touchdowns off of play wow. action. Wow. Yeah. So it's just, it's so beautiful him getting week after week, just more comfortable in this type of offense, more comfortable with the motion, which he's come out and said he does. He's not, you know, he's not entirely comfortable with it. He's getting more comfortable with that with motion at the snap. There was a lot of that on Sunday night, whereas as the ball's being snapped, snapped, someone's in motion, which is probably more important than uh, pre-snap motion in today's NFL. And then obviously with play action as well, where he doesn't, he didn't really like to turn his back to the defense. That was the big talking point. And now he's fully embraced it and look at the results. 
Yeah, speaking of motion, uh, the Packers ended up making a pretty nice signing. We ended up getting a uh, wide receiver, punt returner, uh, Tavon Austin. He was with the 49ers in camp for a little bit and ended up getting injured, didn't make the team, has been injured for the past couple months. He, he didn't play football for 10 weeks, and now uh, he's been healthy for a couple weeks. Packers reached out, signed him, worked him out. Uh, he's been in the building, so you know if they want if they think he's ready he could play against the eagles i i was excited to see this this move because this is a guy that had high expectations coming out of school uh you know was one of the best uh one of the best high school college players that ha- people have ever seen uh first round pick top 10 pick played with st louis then uh went to went to the cowboys um, and then has been off the map a little bit since then, hasn't played meaningful football for those teams. But, you know, he's a threat. Special teams, he he, he uh, gets a lot of punt return touchdowns, and, and he's got game-changing speed. He, he, he runs a 4-3, um, and the Packers could use more speed like that. So to, we could have him in the motion roles if Tyler Irvin can't go, or even if he can go. It's just another guy to throw into the mix. It's a high ceiling signing for me because this guy could, if he seems, he's never had great quarterback play. So if if Rodgers is able to elevate what he can do, um, even, you know, you could even start throwing him, uh, you know, in the slot, uh, have him run some routes, catch some balls. You know, he could run the ball too. He says he's a running back. He says he's a wide receiver. He can do whatever. He wants to just find a role in this offense. So I'm pretty pleased with the signing. I, I think it's, like I said, I think there's high potential for this to be a, a game-changing move for us week in and week out. Uh, and it's just another guy to add to the mix, some insurance for Tyler Irvin and other guys on, in this wide receiver core. Yeah, and just from a returning perspective, that's a huge boost for the Packers special teams who have been dreadful this year once again. So having Tavon Austin there to return kicks and punts, Pretty exciting, big improvement over Darius Shepard and Tyler Irvin for that for that matter. But uh, yeah, on offense, the there's very low risk, very you know cheap contract. Just if he does nothing, he does nothing. We're we're already confident in the guys we have, evidently. But uh, very high ceiling. That I think the the median outcome of this is Tavon Austin just being an, an improved version of Tyler Irvin, doing all the stuff Irvin does, but maybe at a bit higher of a level, a little faster. And he can do a lot more receiver stuff than Tyler Irvin can do. And he's got familiarity with the offense, having spent uh, time with Sean McVay and Matt LaFleur. So yeah, like you said, very, very low risk, very high potential for Tavon Austin. Definitely. And with with the signing of Tavon Austin, uh, the Packers ended up releasing Darius Shepard, who uh, fumbled in the Colts game on kickoffs. That was, you know, this is two years in a row now where he's gotten a chance to return kicks and cost us, he caught, literally cost us points. Um, uh, and as a result, we have released him now at this point and uh, Packers are moving on because uh, he didn't add anything, literally nothing to the offense. Uh, and was a detriment to our team on special teams. So then you just go and release the guy and cut your losses. And now we've got a guy who could potentially add on both sides of the ball on special teams and offense. So I think, you know, overall we improved net gain. Um, and I'm I'm excited. Yeah, you feel bad for Darius Shepard, though. You know, Adams yeah, and Rodgers. Yeah, I mean, he's been around. They both sit. Right. He's had a couple good camps. Yeah, I was really excited for him. We both were last year. Remember that? 
we thought he was going to be. Well, you know, when when you talk about the guy coming out of camp as a potential contributor, making a lot of plays in training camp, then you think, well, he might be able to bring that to the to the field. Never happened though, and yeah. in fact, he made made more bad plays than he made good. I know he had two fumbles last year, and you know he gets in the game. One game does nothing, returning the ball on kickoffs. Doesn't even get to the twenty-five. They're kicking it to him every every kickoff to basically asking him to run it out. So at one point he's a guaranteed fumble, and of course it happens, <laughs> costs us the game. So that was it for them. Matt Lafleur, Brian Gutekunst. That was it. That was the last chance for him. And you know it's a shame, but now we've got a chance to improve in that spot. And like I said, also on offense. So I'm, I'm definitely uh, excited about the direction of special teams. Let's get into the defense here. Defense obviously performed very well. Two Darnell Savage interceptions, uh, Preston Smith fumble return touchdown, uh, very all around for about, you know, three quarters of the game, very dominant, held them to three points for most of the game. Uh, but you know, later on, kind of as the Packers defense often does garbage time got pretty ugly for the the defense, but overall they did what they had to do. Offense was scoring points. So what more can you ask for from the defense, right? You're right. I, the, the main takeaway for me on, on the defensive side is the fact that two guys who we've been expecting more of this season, maybe haven't brought it uh, as much as we'd like. Uh, they're starting to come along, and then this game for me showed that both are, are, are well on their way. Uh, and for me, those two guys were Darnell Savage, like you mentioned, and Preston Smith. Uh, Darnell obviously had those two picks. He was PFF's highest-graded defensive player in a single game of, of this whole season. He, he scored a 96.8. Um, so he, he had a great game, uh, and it was pretty evident watching just, you know, even watching, you know, the TV copy. Uh, he was really good. He just, his hip movement on those picks were great. Uh, you saw his speed, his ball hawking ability, sideline to sideline. He was excellent, close to the ball. He ended up getting hurt uh, late in the game, so I don't know how many snaps he played exactly, but when he was in the game, it was impressive. I mean, this guy looks like he's finally starting to settle in. He said as much um, after the game, so it was a breakout game for him. This is the guy, he had a lot of opportunities to make plays last season. The ball would slip through his hands. And then even earlier, a couple of weeks back, he had a ball that you know popped off his shoulder through his hands. Uh, he cut a he cut a pass off, and and this this to me is just he's starting to come together. Um, him and Amos look look like a great duo uh, for us heading into this playoff push. They've both really just tuned up their play to a really high level. Um, and then Preston Smith, uh, he had his best game of the year, I think, and. It came with the splash plays, but he was also he was also solid in the run game and in the passing game. Uh, he ended up getting a sack in addition to the scoop score. Zadarius, both both of those guys really they were like last year. We saw what they did last year. They were game wreckers last year, um, and they both made splash plays uh, today uh, against the uh, uh, against the Bears on Sunday. Uh, that ended up being difference makers for the defense. Yeah, Darnell Savage has just been improving week after week and we've been talking about him for I don't even know how many weeks now that he's been improving and this was the culmination of all of it on Sunday night with two picks only had two targets two interceptions just phenomenal play by Darnell Savage he really looked like the player that the Packers drafted that they traded up to draft um, in the 2019 or the yeah 2019 draft so it's exciting to see maybe the light come on here and we've literally said this like three weeks in a row now but 
it's very exciting. And hopefully the the level of play uh, plateaus from here at the very least, but possibly improves. And then Preston Smith, yeah, like you said, it's nice to see him come on, be more of an impact player than he was early on. I still don't think he's at the level that uh, some some people thought he was after last year, but he's been he's been playing pretty well, and that's nice to see. Obviously, the scoop and score touchdown is obviously great, and the the peace sign at the end of it. So that's cool to see him and Zadarius Smith really playing well right now. Yeah, uh, to have both those guys playing at a high level at the same time is going to allow easier stuff in the middle for Kenny Clark. Rashawn Gary, another nice game from him. So when everybody's playing at a high level, we're pretty scary. That's the key. If we can get everybody hot uh, as we reach the playoffs here, because now we got a three-game division lead, the playoffs are basically a lock, uh, which is great. You know, Now we're feeling a little more comfortable, as fans at least. And I definitely know in that building they're not comfortable at all. They want they want it all. But um, you know, as fans, we can sit comfortably knowing these guys are all seeming to seemingly getting hot uh, just, you know, every player, the units are starting to get hot as a whole. Uh, and as that happens, if everybody can get hot at the same time, we can start to go on a run and, and that's going to be the key to any potential Super Bowl run that we want to go on. Yeah. I don't want to, I don't want to come out of this game too high on the defense, knowing that it was against Mitch Trubisky, but, uh, it really oh, does. definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, the quarterback is not a good player. Uh, Mitch Trubisky, he's just not a good quarterback. Uh, and neither is Nick Foles, so we're not, you know, whoever we were playing that game uh, wasn't going to be anything special from that position. But, you know, there was obviously discouraging things as well. The first, you know, in the first series, one of the first runs of the game, a huge breakout run by David Montgomery, and he was a guy I mentioned as somebody who could have a, a big day. And when that happened, I was a little nervous. I was like, well, that's that's not a good sign for what's to come. But we ended yeah. up starting to shut things down a little bit more. Um, so overall, like like you said, there's nothing was perfect on defense, that's for sure. Uh, we made key plays at key times, and, and that was the that ended up being the crucial point for us to win that game, keeping the ball in Aaron Rodgers' hands. Um, but just for me, things are looking better than they have all season on defense, and it really doesn't matter who they're playing. If we're able to perform at a high level, it'll start to guys will start to buy into the to the fact that they can play at that level, and hopefully, it starts to transition into some of the games where we play tougher offenses too. Yep, and with the cornerback duo coming back, Jair and Kevin both played okay. Uh, hang on. <clears throat> yeah, and with the the cornerback duo both coming back, Jair and Kevin, they both played pretty good on Sunday. And then Darnell Savage, obviously playing great. Adrian Amos also playing great. And then the pass rush is improving. They're able to get to the quarterback with four rushers. It's just, you know, we're getting quarterbacks off their first read, maybe off their second read, and hopefully by then there's going to be pressure in their face. And that's the that's how you win on defense for most of the, most of the time. Uh, the, the only worrying thing is that we've yet to see this defense play 60 minutes of full football. I mean, I mean, maybe the Jags game, they played 60 minutes of good football, but that was horrible. Obviously, the Jags suck. But... It seems every every week, every week they kind of they kind of shut down as the game goes on. Usually when we're well, blowing look, them out. Well, look, you're right. Yeah, you're right about that. It's uh, we start. Well, look, the, the the clear evidence of that is we're up forty-one to ten, and then you know you look at the scoreboard at the end of the game. It's forty-one to twenty-five. Yeah, that's that's the key indicator, and we need to tighten up. Uh, there's no point in letting guys score. I understand they're we're not going to lose the football game, but at, you know. 
we got to we got to start showing that we could play a full 60 minutes. That was a great opportunity to do so. If you come out of that game and the score is 41 to 16 as opposed to 41 to 25 and you allowed two field goals as opposed to two touchdowns and and a two-point conversion or whatever the, you know, I don't even know what this what ended up happening, but that that would look a lot better, that would feel a lot better as a team. And now you're feeling like you can go out and beat anybody on defense too. Uh, coming off a performance like that, but now you've allowed 25 points. The running game that it wasn't bad for the Bears. They they had a lot of success. Um, and then you know Mitch Trubisky started making some throws at some points. So you you'd like to you'd like to think that it would have been a better opportunity to try to close them down and really shut them out. Um, but it just wasn't the case. The worrisome thing is that. This was kind of what we saw against the Colts, where it worked for the Colts. They were able to come back and win, where they're in the first half, they're looking good, very impressive, and then they kind of get tired. I don't know. They just get worn out, and they just start giving up big plays. And uh, in that game, it lost them. It lost us the game, but obviously against Mitch Trubisky, that's unlikely to happen, uh, luckily. But uh, I think the Packers' defense is the only defense in the world that can make either A, the Bears' running game look good, or B, Mitch Trubisky able to make good throws. So take that what you will. Well, look, the one thing I will say is this game, we we ended up actually not rushing three guys on any plays That's, in the entire game. That is improvement. No three-man rushes. No three-man rushes in the entire game. So that's good. for me, right, like you're you're going to look at that and say, well, that's a good sign because now we are trying to get to the quarterback as opposed to the three-man rushes. And this is, look, this is a, a, beated, a beaten up O-line too. Uh, so when you're talking about a, a chance where Mike uh, Mike Pettin would maybe want to do more three-man rushes, it would be against this, this uh, beaten up O-line that was probably a little more vulnerable. Uh, but instead, he takes advantage by really – trusting his pass rush to get there and and putting guys out there to get to the quarterback uh so i thought that you know mike Pettin is trying to do different things to help bring more success and it looks like it's working one of those things was bringing darnell savage closer to the line of scrimmage um on a lot of different plays that have helped him just play better overall and it's helped him when he gets back down downfield as well it helps him too so just little things like that are going to be the key to making this defense better uh, because obviously you're not going to go out adding any more players at this point. So uh, you got to improve from within, and, and it looks like we're doing some some little things to do that. Yeah, and also Preston Smith only had two two snaps in coverage. So that is also improvement. That I didn't know. That's great news too. Yeah, that's great news. He wasn't targeted. Uh, that's nice. I like these things from Mike Pettin. I'm realizing kind of the some of the stupid things he does. and maybe he's it's like he's on. listening yeah it's like he's listening that's that's what you want to see another thing to touch on after this game is uh christian kirksey who he's been okay this season but sunday night was definitely not his best outing he was he was uh struggling <laughs> quite a bit yeah well it wasn't his best outing yeah uh, look i I, st- I think he's got he's got room to improve um i feel like every time there's a splash play He's around the ball. He gets the ball on a fumble. It looks like he's made. It, it might look like on TV that he's having a good game. He'll get a pick, uh, but he he makes a lot of tough plays that you don't like to see. Like uh, especially in the passing game, he's struggling a little bit. In the running game, he's having a little bit more success. But even there, um, there's the times he just doesn't get the job done. 
there was one on one. It might have been the the huge run that David Montgomery had in, in the first possession that that the Bears had, where the alignment was so brutal. I mean, it was it was Kenny Clark on the left side. It was just Kenny Clark versus two O linemen, and then Christian Kirksey a bit to the a bit to the left of Kenny Clark, um, and David Montgomery just ran right through. Uh, the O line double teamed Kenny Clark, and Christian Kirksey went yes, to the do. wrong gap. Uh, yep, Christian Kirksey went to the wrong gap, and then David Montgomery just ran free, and that was one of the worst alignments I've ever seen. Um, it was like a freebie. It basically it, it just gave it away. He gave away a ton of yardage. So that has to change. It's just about little things. He's got to make adjustments. Mike Pettin has to make adjustments. They've got to do better. Um, and it starts with the, the guys on the field and the coaching staff as well. Yeah, that alignment was the the Mike Pettin special in the run defense area. <laughs> <laughs> uh, classic Mike Pettin there. But yeah, Kirksey, it's been it's been tough. It's been a tough year for him. Tough to tough to judge him. But the pass coverage is where it's really irritating because this is what we brought him in for. This is what Blake Martinez could not do, and we brought we bring in Kirksey to be an improvement in that area. And he's been he's been lost a lot of the time in the middle of the field. And the middle of the field continues to be where you want to target the Packers in the passing game. And the tried and true formula is run the ball and we won't stop it. And uh, Mike, Matt Nagy kind of fell out of that likely due to the fact that we were putting up points on the offensive side of the ball. So that contributed, but uh, yeah, I, I, I like this performance from the Packers defense, but, and the, there are ways that they can be successful, but I just don't know how that's going to go down as the season continues. I think Christian Kirksey is a, a good player. He was when he was in Cleveland. He got hurt a couple of years. He, he was out of football for two years. Um, and I, I still think he's – it's going to take a little bit of time. Like he still has to get his feet wet um, and get accustomed to – this is a new defense for him. No, it's not. That's not true. Let me say that again. He's back in the Mike Pettin defense. Uh, he was w- he was with him uh, in Cleveland before Mike Pettin came here. Uh, I I just think there is room for improvement for him, and I think it's going to happen. I, I I just I really like him as a player. He's a great leader in the locker room. He was an exciting pickup when we did get him. Uh, I was pretty pleased with it. We knew we had to get somebody, and I liked the addition. Uh, so I, I still think he's going to be he's going to get better and good enough. Uh, and when you throw in the, you know, the Kamal Martin guy, now he's playing excellent football. He is, you know, he's a fifth round pick and he's come in same way John Runyon has and just done a really nice job. And he looks ferocious. Uh, he can tackle. Uh, he's, he's a willing tackler, a strong tackler, physical guy. Um, in the same way that Chris Barnes has been productive as well. And he's an undrafted free agent. So I, and I like that group because you've got Raven Green in there as well, who we've talked a lot about, who's playing really well. So throw all those guys in the mix. I still think I like where the middle of the field is at. And if Christian Kirksey kind of picks it up a little bit, uh, we'll be in a good spot. Yeah, well, speaking of Chris Barnes, he just got activated off the COVID list today, I believe. So, Yeah, uh, that's right. You think, there's, you think there's a chance we see Barnes kind of eat up Kirksey snaps there? 
No, no, no. I, they they like no because they, they're gonna they like Kirksey a lot. They think he's a great leader. He's he's when he's got the when he's out there, he's gonna wear the green dot and he's gonna play a hundred percent of the snaps on most games. That's the truth. The, yeah. the same way they did with Haha Clinton Dix before he got traded. And Blake. the game before he got traded. Yep, Blake in the same in the same vein. Uh, Haha, before he got traded, uh, he played a hundred percent of the snaps that game. Uh, so that you know, if that doesn't tell you anything, they like the the guys that they've got with a, with. Uh, the who who take a lot of the majority of assignments or responsibilities that guy, other guys have, the guys who are good at that, you know, regardless of their play on the field, they're going to keep them out there for a, a large portion of the snaps, if not a hundred percent of the snaps. Uh, yeah, you're right, you're right, but I I really need the linebackers to improve before we before we play the Titans in week 16 and Derrick Henry because that that might get pretty ugly the way he's playing the way the Titans offense is playing but this week let's switch gears to the Eagles game we got the Eagles coming up Lambeau Field 425 Jim Nance Tony Romo it's going to be a blast Eagles they just suck they are horrible rooting for them on Monday night was like they're bad it was they they are just Carson Wentz he's like a whole different quarterback he can't play he's horrible they, well, they've got a ton of injuries, and I'm not going to, you know, he's playing bad. It's bad. He is, like you said, completely different player. Uh, in his early years, he was he was making a lot of nice throws, escaping the pocket, but now every time he throws the ball, it's like, if it's complete, it's it's a surprise. And that's yeah. putting it lightly because yeah. he's just he looks like a completely different player. Uh, the O-line is really banged up. They just put their right tackle on IR. Um, I think he's done for the year. He's not going to play against us, certainly. Uh, Zach Ertz just came back. He's he might play this week. He's off the uh, off the injured reserve list as well. Um, but they they've got a couple guys. They've got Dallas Goddard. Uh, they've got uh, Travis Fulgham, who has been kind of falling out of favor the past couple weeks. Uh, but he obviously played with us for about ten days. We cut him. Now he's playing well for them. Uh, Richard Rogers caught a Hail Mary last week. Nothing hey, new for him. Yeah. <laughs> that was amazing. Uh, he's another guy. It was amazing. Amazing catch. Not <laughs> as amazing as his first one, but really good. When I saw him but, catch uh, that real quick, when I saw him catch that and then I didn't know who it was and he stands up, he's <laughs> Richard Rogers. I was losing my mind, dude. How does he catch two yeah. of them? It's something about Rogers. Just... It's something about the name Rogers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I mean, they, so they've got guys. Alshon Jeffries just got back in the fold. Uh, Rogers has been and, good too for them. He's been like a no, good yeah, tight end. He, I don't know if you've noticed how much he's slimmed down. Yeah, he yeah, like a he wide does. receiver. Yeah, he, he looks was, like a wide receiver out there. Uh huh. Yeah, him and Dallas. So they've Goddard got guys. Yeah, the th- the three tree the, the trio that they'll have in the coming weeks and in the future potentially with with Ertz, Rogers, and and Goddard. That's that's probably the best trio in the league right there. Yeah, well, the way Ertz has played this season before he got injured, I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if Rodgers continued to get snaps, but you never know with uh, the way the Eagles are playing. But it's like, it's like, why is Travis Fulgham not getting more snaps? He was he was playing great, and then Alshon Jeffrey gets healthy, so now he's in like a bench warmer? I don't, I don't get that. Alshon does not look very good, especially on Monday night. No, he didn't look good. But you know, they, they've got so many different things to sort out, whether it's the injuries like we talked about, the lack of weapons, the multitude of guys that are – potential weapons like Jalen Rager's another guy that they can't f- seem to find role for. Yeah. 
And the quarterback. I think they're struggling to right, and obviously the quarterback play, and they they're playing two guys at once. Guys don't know what's going on. They they get they got both of them in the huddle at the same time. Confusion. Doug Peterson. Gosh, I don't know if you ever seen some of his press conferences this year. He just looks like so done with this organization. He looks. <laughs> he's just. I I don't think he's a great head coach. If I'm if I'm honest, I I you know, and he did win a Super Bowl with Nick Foles, and I get that whole situation. Frank Reich was there, and you see how much success he's having in Indy. Mm-hmm. He was the offensive coordinator there. I I got to give him a lot of the credit uh, because watching Doug Peterson without him since then has been it's been tough. Their offense hasn't been the same. Carson Wentz hasn't been the same. So all of that combined, I don't know. I just. This is a tough – like, this Eagles team is really grasping at straws at this point. They, I mean, they're still – and the funny thing is, they're still in the Yeah, they could, they the could host the race. playoff game. That's that's right. They, they're they one game back from the Giants. They play different – you know, they play all these divisional teams, so they're going to have a shot. They're desperately in search for a win, but I can't imagine the morale being high in that building um, right now. I've, coming off that loss to Seattle um, where – you know they were they were close enough to potentially win that game at different times, and then they lost. That was the one where you you needed to win that game. Now they're just deflated, I imagine. Uh, and coming in against this offense, their, their best chance is is when their deep defense is playing well, and then the other team uh, is, could allow some points to them. But I think our offense is going to have no problem with this Eagles defense. Yeah, that's the hope. That's the hope, and I don't think our defense is going to have an issue either. The way Carson is playing, the way he's turning the ball over. Good Lord, he just loves throwing interceptions. The intercept, real quick, the interception he threw on Monday night was one of the worst interceptions I I have seen. Like it, he threw it to to the defender. I don't know what he was thinking. Was he waiting for the tight end to break the other way? I have no idea. He throws a lot of those though, so I think Jair maybe could get his hands on one. He's always been elusive of those ints, but maybe he could get one this week with uh, Carson Wentz, who loves throwing interceptions. Yeah. I, I, and like you, you mentioned Jair, I think specifically with the offense, uh, their offense versus our defense, I think our corners really fare well with, because they don't have a great receiving core. Like who's going to, who's going to go up against Kevin King and, and Jair Alexander and they're going to beat those guys. I just don't see it. Jair will lock down whoever is in his way. Um, so I feel good about that. That, that to me is going to even put more of a, of a problem for their passing game. I mean, you're talking about the, the worst defense in football in Seattle, who they played last week, looks like that defense is getting better, but still, it's not it, the back end. It hasn't improved in any way. Um, Jamal Adams is there, but he's mostly a, a middle linebacker type player at this point. So you know the cornerbacks and the safeties, they are not that good, and and you know they still struggled the Eagles against that defense. So when you've got the the four guys that we've got in our defensive backfield uh, with Amos Savage, Jair, and Kevin King. Uh, that's going to be tough for them to really put anything together passing wise. And if you ask me, I think that's really a matchup that we're going to relish and, and take advantage of. Yeah. It doesn't even matter who's open when you got a quarterback who can't throw it into the ocean. So I think, I think, I really yeah. think this is going to be an ugly game for Philadelphia. And I think it's going to be a great game for us. That definitely would be nice. <laughs> yeah. Uh, on the offensive side of the ball, I, I hope it's more of, what we've been seeing that's kind of my take every week it's because they're they're playing great they're playing great every week even when they lose so uh i just hope we see more of that well what do you think let me let me ask you what you think maybe something just anything uh what you'd like to see 
an improvement on for us uh, because this is you know this is a chance to to just like add on to what we've been doing uh, like you said like every week we're looking to just keep it up keep it up but what's something we could maybe add on to what we've already been doing I think it's getting Devonte more involved honestly because that's a, yeah that's that's a great point he didn't play very well on sunday night i mean he obviously played well but for his standards what he's done this season he didn't play very well and uh two weeks before in the jacksonville game he had a very bad game so i, I going up against darius slay who just like xavier rhodes he's meeting again even though they left the division to get away from Devonte. he's meeting them again who he owns he is the, he is he owns darius slay every twice a year it used to be and uh, I think it's going to be a, another great game for Devontae to add on to his Offensive Player of the Year campaign. You're right about that. I mean, yeah, that's a great point. Like like you said, Devontae, his bad games are like a normal receiver dreams about having his bad games. <laughs> he still catches a touchdown games. in his bad games. I know. He still he still makes incredible catches for touchdowns yeah. and you know gets 10 targets in his bad games and mm-hmm. comes down with 50 plus yards, 60 yards, 70 yards. Like he's just a phenomenal player. Uh, and we definitely have to utilize him and I I think in the same vein you talk about Aaron Jones, I think we have to definitely run the ball well uh, because in, in the last matchup that we had with the Eagles last year our problem was the Devonte dominated that game, and that was a game he had, I think, close to 200 yards, and then ended up uh, leaving the game with an injury. Uh, but so, our, really, all we could do was throw the ball, and and we couldn't do enough to stop them on defense. And the running game never got going, and that was kind of the deciding factor. Uh, so, I think if we can get Aaron Jones running like he did against uh, against the Bears, tough front. Uh, Eagles got a tough front too. They've got Fletcher Cox, all different guys up front. Uh, Josh Sweat is emerging, you know, just all these different guys. And I think if we can get the, the run game going with Aaron Jones specifically, it's going to be, it's going to be a different ending, uh, than it was last season. Yep. Yep. And, uh, maybe if Devante doesn't go out with the turf though, maybe we'll win that game because after Devante left, we did not have much, obviously the game ending interception in that game, which was a target to MVS who is probably a worse player than he is now at that point. So uh, Devontae, obviously huge, going up against Darius Slay, who has never had any answers for him. I'm excited about that. I'm excited about Aaron Jones. I'm excited about Matt LaFleur getting into his groove, emptying out the playbook here as the season goes on. And uh, it it seems like there's been two versions of this offense, right, where it's either LaFleur scheming it up, abusing teams like he did on Sunday. It's kind of that kind of game against the Saints. And then we've had Rodgers' dominant games, like against the 49ers, against the Vikings week one. So I don't know what we're going to get this game. Knowing that this uh, the Philly defense isn't very good, could be one of the Rodgers games where he just goes off, feeds Devontae, who's always open, and it could be a, a takeover game or a, or a takeover game, as you like to call it, Brown. Spelled T-A-E. Yep. Yeah, could be one of those games. Yeah. That's what I'm expecting. And then on the defensive side of the ball, I just thought about Miles Sanders, who has been playing pretty well this season. So, And obviously we all know, our run defense is not the strongest in the NFL. So if they can get the ground game going, which they did last year on uh, Thursday night football, um, that's really how they won on offense that game. Carson Wentz did not do much. So if that happens again, that could get, <laughs> that could get a little, little tight, but I, I expect the offense to score enough points like they did on Sunday for it not to be a factor. 
Well, I think what, when you mentioned Aaron Rodgers, what, what kind of game we're going to see from him, this kind of sets up for one of those games where he puts on an MVP for performance and the run isn't heavily focused on. Just because that, that Eagles front is a little is a little tougher than – well, I, the Eagles front is tougher in a lot of ways than that backfield is for, for the – for the Eagles secondary. Uh, and I think the Packers, uh, the Packers are just going to take advantage of, of some of the liabilities that they have out there. Darius Slay, you mentioned he's a good corner. He's a, you know, if he's covering Marquez Valdez Scantling, maybe it's a bit of an easier day. And uh, you know, Darius Slay is, is going to stop that guy. But when it's Devante, you feel like that matchup, you're going to win. So then everywhere else, there's not, they don't got a ton of good players out there in that secondary. So the Packers, I think, are probably going to try to take advantage of that and and throw through the air a little bit. We might see another four-touchdown game. We might see 300 yards, three touchdowns. I think it's going to be one of those games that kind of keeps him rolling in the MVP conversation. Yeah, and as the race is tightening up, too, with Mahomes just being turning into Mahomes again, kind of a slow start for him, but he's really just turned back into the player that he always has been. So it's a very tight race. Very their stat Stat-wise, it's very, very close. Rodgers has the edge on touchdowns right now. Mahomes has the yards. So uh, we're going to need, in terms of MVP, which I'm not sure how much they care about that inside the, the Lambeau Field building, but in terms of us as fans rooting for Rodgers, we're hoping for another, for what what could be another dominant performance from m- number 12. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you look, you'd like to see him, you, you want to see him get the MVP because, uh, you know, it's just nice to have him recognized because he's been unrecognized or even recognized as a you know, not as good of a player over these past however many years. And it's just nice to see him playing at this level where people are starting to realize that he really hasn't lost it. Um, and he's still playing at that level that this is, frankly, this is one of the best seasons of his career. This is, you know, the top three for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, probably not as flashy as other years. Um, I would say, you know, like 2011, 2014, those MVP years, those were, Definitely more flashy because of his outside the pocket stuff, his off schedule stuff, and this in rhythm stuff. It looks a lot easier, and it's and it is a lot easier. It's it's uh it's just a lot more basic and not flashy, but but it's not like he doesn't have the throws. He's right. He's had yeah. incredible throws this year. He's got a full highlight. Some of his best year. throws of his career. Yeah, yeah, some of the best throws of his career are coming from this season, and the and the statistics are. This could be one of one of the most this could be the best statistical season of his career too yeah uh so we're gonna have to see where it all shakes out but when you're sitting at 33 touchdowns and four picks through 12 uh through 11 games that's not a bad spot to be in because we've got five games to go if he throws two touchdowns and that's just like that's a low number for him if he throws 10 more touchdowns that's 43 touchdowns maybe he gets two more picks 43 touchdowns six picks those are better numbers than he had in his mvp years uh but those are low for him. I, I imagine he'll probably get around 15 more touchdowns. Uh, and if you give him that, you're sitting at 48, close to 50. Picks are low. That's tough to not give the MVP to that guy, especially with the way the whole team is playing on offense. And I think the voters are rooting for him. Maybe not rooting for him, but I think the narrative this year, you know, drafting Jordan Love, Rodgers doesn't have it anymore, and then he comes out on the revenge tour lights the league up as he's done i think he'd get more votes than mahomes maybe in like a like a legacy award way you know mahomes he's going to be playing for 20 more years he can have a billion more mvps but this year rogers deserves it i think i think if if things are if the season ended today let's say i think or i think rogers would get it over mahomes 
I agree with that. And the numbers are a little bit more indicative of that than maybe you would you would think. Because Rodgers does have the lead in touchdowns, like you said. The picks are close. Mahomes has two. Rodgers has four. Mahomes has more yards. But yards, that's never really been an important stat. But uh, at least to actual people who understand the game. But I uh, look, the Packers offense is is only good because of what Aaron Rodgers does and brings right. to the table. We saw last year Matt Moore come in for the for the Chiefs, and you know when Matt uh, when when Patrick Mahomes went out for a couple games, and the offense just picked up right where he left off, and to me that just shows what how valuable Aaron Rodgers is as opposed to really when you just plug a guy in and continue to have success. That's not valuable to me. When Aaron Rodgers isn't in, this offense doesn't move the ball. We've seen games where he's out and we get shut out at home. You know, like that when when Rodgers isn't in the game, it's it's game over for us. And to yeah. me, if you're talking about most valuable, it's widely clear that Rodgers is is miles more valuable than any player in the NFL. Right. And that's that's where it gets tricky with MVP. Does it mean best player or does it mean most valuable player? And I think Rodgers would win it for both for both of the both of those definitions there. But when you're talking about value, everyone's talked this year about how we didn't trade for Will Fuller. We didn't draft a receiver. We didn't sign anybody in free agency. So shouldn't it obviously go to Rodgers? And then this isn't even a knock on Mahomes, but the the Chiefs are freaking loaded. They got every every player everywhere. They got Le'Veon Bell, Tyreek Hill, McCall Hardman, Travis Kelsey. All those players are premier players at their position. Obviously, Mahomes is outstanding, but when you're talking about value, who's who's more valuable to their team? And then, like you said, Matt Moore comes in. Obviously, he's not Mahomes, but they did well on offense. And Andy Reid, who's considered the best coach in the game right now. When you're talking about value, I think Rodgers definitely gets the edge there. Yeah, I would definitely agree. And, you know, just to, you know, let's. I would like to also talk about the playoff picture a little bit now that we've kind of shut this game a little bit. Nope, let me repeat that. Yeah, I agree with you definitely. And I also want to kind of talk, touch on this playoff picture that we're looking at here. Uh, th- these three teams now, looks like there's only three that really have a true shot at getting that first seed. And the Packers are one of them. And it's exciting because they've got the win over the number one seed right now. In week three, we beat the New Orleans Saints, who are sitting at 9-2, and two, but they have the number one seed. Packers are currently sitting at the number three. Um, so basically what the situation is, is the Saints have a game against Kansas City, and that is going to be a tough one for them to win. But they also play the Red Hot Atlanta Falcons this week. Uh, and, and they've got other divisional matchups, and they're always tough. You never know. Uh, so they've got they've got games that they could potentially lose. We only need them to lose one game. So if they lose to Kansas City and we win out, uh, we get the advantage. If they lose two games, we lose a game. We, you know, basically we only have to, if they lose two games, we only lose one game. We get the number one seed. Seattle, they've got tough matchups. They've got a game against the 49ers in week 17. And then in week 16, they've got a game against the Rams. But other than that, their other three games are, are relatively easy. They've got the Jets. They've got the Giants. Um, and then one other team that's a, a relatively easy victory can't come to my mind right now. But, and then Green Bay, obviously we've got uh, the Eagles, Lions, Panthers, Titans, Bears. So 
it we have the third easiest schedule remaining in the in the NFL uh, in regards to win percentage. So, and that's 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 higher than the than the Seahawks and Saints. So I, I feel good if we can. Really, the only the only situation is if we don't beat the Titans, then we probably it's it's almost likely that we don't get that number one seed. But if we can beat the Titans, which is a matchup that I am pretty confident in us being able to do good. Uh, obviously, Derrick Henry scares you, but that defense isn't special. And, and if we can get going on offense, they're not going to be able to run the ball. So I I think we're in a good position because we can win these games. If we start to get hot, we get on a roll. If we finish 13-3, and three, that should put us uh, in, in a spot that we're sitting well enough to get that number one spot. Yeah, and Taysom Hill for the Saints, just he was bad on Sunday, really bad. Obviously, he was flashy against Atlanta in their in his opening game, but he was just, he did not look like an NFL quarterback, that's for sure. He looked a lot like Kendall Hinton on the other side of the ball. So I don't know how far he's going to be able to lead the Saints. I don't know when Drew Brees is coming back. No one really knows at this point, but uh, how much better is Drew Brees? You know, he's not he hasn't been great this season. He's been he, he's been okay, but. You know, how good really are the Saints? I'm not really sure. Well, yeah, Taysom Hill, teams are going to start to neutralize. If they don't start throwing the ball, I mean, he hasn't had a passing touchdown in two games now. He's ran the ball in twice in both games. If they don't start throwing the ball, teams are just going to stop playing the pass, basically, and they're going to know that they're going to run the football in a majority of, of yeah. plays. Yeah, they're going to dare him to it's throw gonna it. It's going to be a lot easier. They're gonna dare him to throw it. They're gonna try to make him throw it. They're gonna stack the box. They're gonna, they'll, you know, they'll we'll see a lot of zero coverages out there. And which, that's funnil- a, funnily it, enough, that's the exact same way teams should play Drew Brees, who can't throw it fifteen yeah. yards down the field. That's a good point. So I think it's gonna start to get tougher on the Saints to find ways to have offensive success. So with the Saints in Seattle having a cup, a couple tough matchups, I feel like. I feel like the Packers are in a good spot to to get that number one seed, but we'll have to take care of business on our end, Griff. What do you think? Yeah, absolutely. Winning out would definitely help, but you know, even if we if we get a loss, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough for to hope that the Saints lose two of their next five, but it, it could happen. But winning out is obviously the best thing to do, and I think it's I think it's very possible that Titans game, obviously being the toughest one, and that being at Lambeau definitely helps, but. Derrick Henry does does scare you, and I think the Titans are the one team where your offensive production doesn't affect the volume of carries that Derrick Henry is going to get. They are a very much run the ball on early downs, run it when you think they should pass it, and Ryan Tannehill kind of just he plays clean up. And obviously, AJ Brown has been fantastic this season, so that's a very scary team, and that's going to be a very important game for the Packers. But yeah, there's a good chance that. Like I said, I don't really know how good the Saints are. So, are, are they deserving of a nine and two record and being the number one seed in the NFC? I don't know. I, Taysom Hill definitely did not look like the quarterback of twenty twenty or the quarterback of the future for the Saints. So, if it gets ugly enough, we could see some Jameis Winston, which who knows how that's going to go. But uh, I like the Packers' chances at getting that first round by as of right now. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. And, you know, let's kind of wrap this game up, too. I, I want to know what you think. Give me give me a guy that you're watching this week for uh, to be like an X-Factor type player for us. And, and then also give me how you think the game's going to go down. X-Factor, Devontae Adams. And 
little victory lap here. I don't, I don't know if I mentioned this, but last time I picked our X Factor as Devontae Adams was when we were playing the Texans, and he put up 192, I believe, in two touchdowns. So I think, I, I think Devontae is going to have another pretty awesome day. And uh, I think it's going to go down where we just we blow him out. Maybe it gets close in garbage time, but maybe they throw a Hail Mary to Richard Rodgers. That would be cool. Uh, but, yeah, I don't know. 42 to 23, that's my final score. For me, I would have to say this week's X Factor has got to be the offensive line just because it's there's a little bit more uncertainty than in, in weeks past without Corey Lindsley and potentially without Lucas Patrick. Um, so if if we are able to kind of hold it down without those guys, we can neutralize a tough Eagles pass rush that could get going uh, with the players they've got there. And so it, and that'll potentially keep Rodgers clean, and, and that'll help attribute to some offensive success. And same in, same thing in the run game too. So that's the key. If Rodgers gets pressured, things start to get disrupted on offense. That could be trouble, but – uh, if we're able to keep things clean, I expect a big win as well. I'm going to go 31 to 17. All right. I have a bold prediction. Ready? I'm ready. Jalen hurts finishes this game. It'd have to get pretty ugly. I would think, <laughs> yeah. I don't know why he's not in right now. Well, sometimes he is in and then they yeah. don't know what's going on. Yeah. Sometimes he comes in and plays with Carson Wentz on the field. Also, that's just basically taking a guy off the field. Yeah. Give me a bold prediction, Brown. Just for fun. I'll give you a bold prediction. I I'm gonna go with a bit of a surprise. I'm gonna say Tavon Austin. If he plays, I'm gonna say he gets five touches and does well in, in special teams, and I think he gets five touches on offense. That's a I, bold prediction. I thought you were gonna say five touchdowns. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think he's gonna get five touchdowns first game of yeah. Yeah, all right. That'd be cool. That's Could bold. Happen. That would be bold. Yeah, who knows? That would be bold. Yeah. Maybe he's great. Maybe he just four four punt returns and a and a touch pass jet sweep touchdown. Yeah. How's that? Yeah, that's cool. All right, that's gonna do it for the podcast. Thanks for joining me, Bron. This was great. I loved I love talking with you, as I do every week. And thank you yeah. all for listening. Uh it's been great. It's been a fun, fun little hour here discussing the Packers. Uh you can listen to us, Spotify, YouTube, iTunes. And uh, make sure to come back every Thursday or Friday. Those are usually when we upload these. So make sure to subscribe on YouTube, iTunes, Spotify, like I said. And uh, hoping for another W this week. Go Pack Go!